Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Standick Room Only Podcast. Yes, I'm your host, Ben Standick. I cover the Washington Commanders for The Athletic, which of course means I was in Seattle for Sunday's 29-26 last second loss to the Seattle Seahawks. Another crushing loss for the Commanders. This one to a team that is directly ahead of them in the uh, NFC wildcard race, or maybe not directly if we're going to say Minnesota's in between them, but point would be Seattle is one of the three wildcard teams Washington is chasing. All three of those teams, Dallas, Seattle, and Minnesota, all won today, which means Washington is now two games back for that final wildcard spot. And from that perspective, certainly that is the, the sort of the news of the day. The moments of the day we'll get to in a second, but I think for me, the biggest takeaway is, well, the two biggest takeaways are one, Sam Howe continues to ball out. And number two, this team is just inconsistently, is, is consistently inconsistent. And I don't mean in terms of playing good or bad. I mean, in terms of what it is they're attempting to accomplish week after week. And I want to get to some of that in a moment. Of course, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or anywhere you do your podcasting. Hit that button now. Uh, appreciate that. Uh, also, if you haven't yet subscribed to The Athletic, certainly appreciate those that have done that uh, already, and it means a lot. And if anybody else wants to do it, by all means, uh, go ahead and sign up. I'll have a story out post-game on this loss. Um, and, of course, follow me on Twitter at Ben Standig. So what stands out? I mean, there's so many things. I mean, there's obviously the fourth quarter was pretty exciting on both ends, right? Washington went um, the whole middle part of the game with generating almost no offense. There was six drives in a row, three were three and outs, and they resulted collectively in, in one field goal. But then they got going late. They they got the round, the ground game going a bit and scored two touchdowns on their final two drives. Sam Howell, uh, was finding receivers underneath all game, particularly running backs Brian Robinson and, and Antonio Gibson. Gibson tied the game with a 19-yard uh, touchdown catch there. And then in the end, again, needing a touchdown to tie, Sam Howe, a, a late charge, found Deami Brown. Uh, I think it was a 35-yarder, a really daring throw from Howe to tie that game. Again, from a bigger-picture perspective, Howe's progress is what this season is about. I know Ron Rivera has said that many times. You've heard me say I think at points the reasons were not exactly um, the, the reasons were in part about distraction uh, more than reality. But at the same time, you know it's three games in a row with at least 300 yards passing. Uh, he is. It isn't just about the stats. It's the composure, the poise, all that is what is making him look legit good and, and his teammates Sam Cosme, Brian Robinson, Ron Rivera as well um, were among those really 
uh, going out of their way to talk up how well Hal played. <laughs> that said, for as good as Washington did, Seattle did a little bit better. Their final three drives, field goal, touchdown, field goal, uh, Geno Smith, they get the ball back with 52 seconds left after the De'Ami Brown touchdown. He drives them down, Seattle down the field, four, four completions, two to DK Metcalf for a combined 44 yards after Washington had largely kept the A.J. Brown clone in check for most of the game. And yet things fell apart there. Uh, they really seemed to get uh, undone the, the prior drive. Seattle at one point faced fourth and four at Washington's 39, or fourth and five, sorry, um, when there was a pass over the middle to Metcalf. B, uh, Benjamin St. Juice was called for pass interference. It looked like he did get his right hand arm over Metcalf's shoulder. Uh, St. Juice thought that Metcalf was going to run a different route, route. He ends up going inside, and <clears throat> that seemed to, um, you know, that that seemed to be, um, that, that put St. Juice like a step behind. You know, we, we can always debate these penalties, but that's what the ref saw. The very next play, 12 men on the field defensively. Ron Rivera said that one of the players just didn't hear what the formation was and therefore didn't go off the field. Moments later, St. Juice was whistled again, this time for a face mask. And then soon after that, Smith found Tyler Lockett in the end zone. Good coverage by St. Juice, but not good enough for the touchdown. Um, <clears throat> you know... St. Juice, uh, he didn't shy away from talking post game. He didn't. He he stood up tall and said, not only you know was it tough to lose, he put the onus on himself. He was like, look, I you know I, I can give you all the flowery things to say here, meaning you know next game and all that, but you know he took it on himself. And look, that was a pretty difficult possession. He also had some pretty good defensive plays earlier in the game. This wasn't just about one guy, but it was about <clears throat> this team, their inability to find ways to win. Um, you know, look, did they beat New England last week in a, in a three-point game? Yes, they did. Does that count as a late-game win? Of course it does. But New England's also terrible. They're 2-8. and eight. Seattle is now 6-3. and three. Washington, you know, they lost to Seattle. They lost. They got hammered by Buffalo. They lost two close games to Philadelphia. Those are the best teams they've played this year. They're now 0-4. The teams that they have beaten this year are still Atlanta, is under 500. Arizona, worst record in the league coming into the season, or coming into this, this week. Um, and, you know, and it, you know, it's just not. You know, they, they just have they, they've been close, but a lot of teams are close in this league. They just haven't been able to get over the top when it counts. And this was a huge game, um, as I mentioned earlier in the week. I don't know how Washington is going to get to nine wins, which would probably mean a playoff berth or a tie for a playoff berth at this point. They have seven games to go, so it's absolutely possible to win five of the last seven. But then you consider the opponents. You guys know the schedule. It is going to be an incredible challenge. Maybe not as much next week against the Giants with Tommy DeVito at quarterback, even though we all know division games are always always tough 
but so many of the other games are going to be a major, major challenge. And this one was there for Washington, but they couldn't get that defensive stop anywhere late in the game. Mind you, the the the, the defense had one sack from it was a Jonathan Allen sack, but that means two games with only one sack after trading Chase Young and Montez Sweat. I'm not going back. This is not about going back and saying, oh, they should have made the trades. It's just about saying, you know, in terms of 2023, that's the risk they took. They made the trades for the future, which is also partly where Sam Howell is the bigger factor in. Because if he keeps this up, he's going to be their starting quarterback in week one next year, unless there's a new decision maker hired by Josh Harris who decide, who believes, you know, there's a better alternative. But barring that, Hal is looking more and more like that guy. But for the moment, you know, what he is in 2024 is not relevant. What is relevant is, I said, you know, where the defense is. Um, you know, Seattle got nearly 500 yards of total offense. Kenneth Walker had a 64-yard uh, catch and run one week after Ramondre Stevenson for the Patriots had a 64-yard uh, rushing touchdown. So, you know, it's sort of these, not a ton of big, big plays, but when Seattle had the opportunity, they definitely took advantage. Um, <clears throat> Washington's offense did some good things early, right? Touchdown on the first drive. Sam Howe, his best plays of the game were off script, basically, where he found, where he twice found Brian Robinson, uh, he scrambles, just like sort of throws a little dumper out to Robinson in the flat and the running back takes the first one 51 yards for a touchdown had another long one later in the game Robinson set career highs with receptions receiving yards and total yards from scrimmage over 150 total yards from scrimmage big day for Robinson and the combination of Robinson and Gibson you know, were Sam Howell's best weapons in the passing game. Zero catches for Jahan Dodson. Terry McLaurin was a quiet four for 33 overall. But the irony is the two running backs were, the, the run game itself was kind of a non-factor. And this goes back to, once again, Eric Bieniemy falling in love with the passing game, even though this game was tight throughout. Uh, Washington... Uh, never trailed by more than seven points at any time, and yet only had 12 carries, only had five in the first half. There was a point when they were down seven um, before the Gibson touchdown to tie it at 19. That drive, they started it with four consecutive runs. The first two went for uh, over 10 yards. Later, after the game, Sam Cosme, uh, the right guard, said that it was great to get some consistency going, to feel that momentum as an offensive lineman when when they did that, and it was hoping they could do it more. And, you know, look, it's week 10. I I, I don't know if we can, you know, it seemed like the last two weeks, maybe not necessarily with the run pass, even though they were, there was a lot better uh, against New England, but just that the enemy had changed things up offensively to accommodate his young quarterback, the personnel that he has available. Um, and, you know, just getting into a better flow. But then this game, the running attack was just non-existent. Um, <clears throat> and, and like I said, they really just, did, other than that one drive, just did not consistently 
stay with it. Washington finished with uh, 4.9 yards per carry average, but that includes Sam Howell's 2 for 17. Uh, Robinson was was 8 for 38. That's 4.8. Gibson 4 for 13, 3.3. But that's all they had, the 12 carries between the two running backs. Um, I think the offensive line largely was okay. Howell was sacked. Uh, a few times it's going to happen obviously just in general and certainly for this team but i didn't think it was like a major catastrophe um the line all game i'd like to go back and see more to make sure i'm looking at that right but nonetheless um you know uh, this wasn't like one of these earlier games where Hal had no time even though seattle has a really good pass rush um i believe the first sack though came on a third down play forcing a tress way punt I don't know, you know, I think for the rest of the season, obviously, Sam Howe, you know, is the story, and it's hard to argue that. Same with probably most of their young players, who, or the people who will be here in 2024. Again, this is not about dismissing this season, and the players and coaches certainly are not going to be thinking, well, how do we get ready for next year? They're trying to figure out how to win now. But that said, you know, it is the pieces moving forward that will be looked upon most. And I think the best way to maximize that situation is to, you know, call an offense and defense that not just simply works for those players, but more more importantly works with, you know, connects with what's been working. Um, you know, on offense, again, this is just more to the point about the ground game. I, I think the, the line, certainly since Tyler Larson and Chris Paul entered the starting lineup, has performed better you know i'd like again i want to go check out the tape but andrew wiley was a late addition to the injury report with an illness i thought he had a pretty reasonable game again i'd like to check out the the the, the tape curtis samuel also played um after missing last week with a toe injury um and he had a couple moments but it wasn't a huge factor again it was mostly the ground game and and or the the running backs catching passes Mm -hmm. along with the tight ends um you know, it's weird. Like, on the one hand, this kind of feels like a normal loss in that, or normal result, I should say. The loss part is never uh, normal, right? Nobody ever wants to feel that. But, you know, it, there weren't, like, you know, things happen in football games. You know, I asked Cam Curl, you know, kind of how, how do they keep kind of falling up, falling short in some of these tighter games. He's like, look, you know, everybody's trying to win. We make plays, they make plays, somebody's going to make more plays, and that's what happens. And this felt like one of those kind of games on some base level. And I think, to an extent, that's notable. And, um, you know, because it, it's almost like a sign of, hey, this team has gotten over some of their just crazy issues early on the season, most notable, most of all the sacks allowed. But a lot's changed in the last few weeks, and it feels like things got back to normal in terms of just a football game for this group. Unfortunately, part of the normal is is the losing, but also, like I said, just these you know inconsistencies that continue to pop up, and you know, uh, you know, I'm not there, there's you know there's not going to be any firings or any changes. I can't imagine uh, now or prior to the final stretch of the season. So this isn't about that, but I do feel like Washington needs to 
figure out what works and stay with it. I just don't get how, after what you did last week on the ground and knowing the two running backs you have, okay, it's fine. If Seattle is keeping the run in check, you, you have to find other ways to, to, to move the ball. But you got to stay with it. Five carries in the first half and 12 overall in a game in which, um, you know, you, you, you again, you were never trailing by more than seven points. Just doesn't quite make a lot of sense to me. And when I asked players about it after the game, it's not like they said that, that this was their game plan. They said, they were, I think Hal even said, they wanted to establish the run. Just never, it just never happened. So, again, not this is not about picking on um, be enemy or anything along those lines. This is just about saying when is this team you know I think there's something to be said for doing what you do and not worrying about the other team to an extent until maybe you get into the second half or you start trailing um, but they just didn't do that on the ground game and then compounded with their other mistakes um, you know led, uh, led to the loss Hal did have one fumble uh, trying to run on a play, Seattle gang tackle him, wouldn't let him get to the ground. He said he was trying to get down, but eventually poked it away. Um, they did not score. Seattle did not score, though, after that turnover. He had no interceptions either. Um, James Smith-Williams left the game at one point uh, with, a, I believe, a hamstring injury. No word officially on what uh, on his status, but he I saw him walking around the locker room, so... At a minimum, it wasn't anything too, too crazy, even though it looked not so great when he was needed help getting off the field. Um, as I said, the Commanders next are at or are hosting the Giants in a rematch from a 14-7 loss not that long ago. You know, that loss, this loss, the two Eagles losses, you know, all these things add up and, like I said, put Washington in a position where I just don't know how they're going to be able to win enough games to surpass all these teams in the wild in the wild card chase. But I know I know many of you don't want to hear about this. You want to focus on the now. You're paying for tickets. You're a fan. You know it sucks when your team loses. I totally get it. From a bigger picture perspective, Sam Howell. We may look back at this and think, you know what? This was one of those games where Sam Howell showed even in a loss that he was the guy i am still unwilling to completely write that in pen it's still only 10 games 10 starts this season 11 overall and you know changes in this offseason i know people are out there hoping for some significant changes and and maybe that's going to happen and maybe that's even a good thing but you never know no matter who it is what what's you know we, we see over and over and over again uh coaching hires that just completely flame out um and you know josh mcdaniel is an example of of that um plenty of others as well but you know sam howe continues to be a bright spot brian robinson is an all-around threat showed that today you know again i think the film will probably show some others had some really good games on both sides of the ball but the mistakes were pronounced they were loud and they were hurtful in this 29 to 26 loss um no doubt we're going to spend all week talking you know talk radio and elsewhere we're going to spend all week discussing the mistakes and all that i'm not trying to be pollyanna but i do think that this is where rivera has it right 
ultimately that it's all about Sam Howe's development, especially now at four and six. And if that can uh, continue throughout the rest of the year, Washington may find out that it has a young quarterback that it can work with. And, you know, if we look back at the Seattle game and say, you know what, that was one of the signs, I think that'll be a really good thing. Right now, feels like crap. Um, you know, to, 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 to take a loss and try to p- contemplate anything else about this. Um, I'm going to contemplate getting to the airport. So I thank you all for listening to this quick, and I know, no doubt I was talking fast, uh, episode of the podcast. Again, make sure you subscribe to the Standard Grimoli Pod. Follow me on Twitter at Ben Standing. And, of course, check out The Athletic as well. Giants on tap next. Um, but that is it for now. Ben Standing signing off. Until next time. See ya. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.